Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. God. How good has God been to you? I said, how good has God been to you? That should be the measure of your thanks. Amen. Come on, somebody. Hey, listen, if we're all honest, God has been better to us than we deserve. Hey, you ought to put a good amen right there. Amen. Thank God he didn't give me what I deserve, because if not, well, let's just leave that one alone. But praise God. And I know a year like this year, you could think, my pastor, there's so many things that I could be upset about. But you know what? There's something you can give God thanks about. And if anything, you can give God thanks that you're here right now. You're logged in online. Come on. You're still married. You still got your health. Come on. You're still alive. And praise God. Well, my car broke down. Well, thank God you're still walking. Come on. Your Chevrolet legs. Y'all have Chevrolet legs? No? Get it? Chevrolet legs? No? All right. Tough, tough crowd. Come on, somebody. Hey, welcome to church this morning. If you're joining us for the first time, my name is Josiah. This is my wife, Marie. We're the lead pastors of Freedom House Church, and it's our honor uh, to serve our church family. And I just want to first, before I go into anything else, I'm going to say, we are so grateful for our church family. I'm so grateful for our church. I'm so grateful for our community. So grateful for all those logging in online, our online community. Just grateful for all. We're one church that meets in three locations, Fullerton, Costa Mesa, and online. I just want to say thank you. And I also want to say thank you for all those that have given this year. Listen, I want to say thank you because your generosity has allowed there to be a church even in a year like this year. And I want to say thank you because you you kept the lights on. And, you know, it's it takes giving. Say amen. Okay, it's a ministry, all right? I, we called Edison and we said, hey, will you receive prayer instead of money? That's what they did. They did that too, you know? So... I just want to say thank you for all those that have been faithful this year with your tithe and your offering. Come on, give God a clap for all those generous people. Thank Thank you. you. Your generosity has changed lives, has touched souls. And even in a year like this, so many salvations. This year alone, we've seen over 5,000 salvations. People give their life to Jesus. Amen. Yeah, that's what. So that's amazing. Yeah, so thank you again. But I do want to take a quick moment before I do jump into my, my, my sermon today. And I brought up my iPad, so I want to make sure I say this correctly and, um, you know, I want to cover all my bases here. But as many of you are joining us online, as you notice, we are in our building today. And I know the current climate of our particular state, if you're watching online, we're in Southern California. And most recently, there's been a rollback on certain locations being open. And I want to address our church biblically and also heartfeltly. And here's what I want you to know. When this whole COVID pandemic started about nine months ago in March, we were one of the first churches to, to, shut our, to shut the doors for everybody's safety. I would never want to put anybody's life at risk. We didn't know what this thing COVID-19 was, and they were telling us that over 2 million people may die, and they were, they were saying all kinds of things, and we're like, what is this thing? So we closed the church down on the physical gathering. We went completely online for seven months. Not one physical gathering like this. We still continue ministering to people, you know, through our prayer line, our food giveaway, our food pantry. And now seven months later, we know the effects of COVID, okay? And I want you to hear me, all right? This is facts. Everybody says, listen to the data. We are. This is not Josiah's opinion. 
the recovery rate for COVID is 99.9%. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. 99.9%. That's a fact. Okay, so that's not Josiah's opinion. That's the science. Now, we do know that there are some that are more susceptible to the effects of COVID, maybe those with a comorbidity, those that are maybe have an underlying health condition, the elderly. And for that, we want you to take every step for your safety. But let me tell you, every precaution, but let me tell you what the media is not saying. Now, after seven months, we also now know the spiritual effects of COVID, okay? And this is, I don't expect the world to get it, but I do expect the church to get it, okay? And this is the spiritual effects of COVID. There is rehab centers are overflowing. As a pastor, I'm boots on the ground. I couldn't find a rehab center for someone that needed to admit themselves into a rehab center. For a couple people that called me pastor, I'm relapsing, I'm gonna take my own life. All the rehab centers are overflowing. There's no room in rehab centers right now. Suicide is up over 400%. Divorce is up over 300%. Domestic violence is at all-time all time highs. Mental health is at all-time highs. And here's what I'm gonna say, and I say this with honor and respect. I honor those who are in authority, but I respectfully disagree with our governor that would put the church in the same category as restaurants, as, as, you know, um, fitness centers and clubs, okay? We are not serving cheeseburgers here. This is not entertainment. This is healing the soul and the heart of people. And the church is essential. The church is essential in Jesus' name, okay? It's essential. And I'll tell you one thing, okay? I, I'm addressing the church and I need to because I don't want nobody watching. I say, oh, pastors, he's a rule breaker. No, I honor the Lord, okay? Listen, one that made me just slap my hand on my desk, and you can Google it. In San Diego, strip clubs are open indoors, but churches are closed indoors. I said, okay, no, 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 man. No, no, no. No. Come on, somebody. Hey, man. I said, you tell me that's more important? No, we need to heal the soul of God's people. Can I get a better amen, okay? So, your safety is very important to me. And I want everyone to take whatever steps you need to take for you and your family. But we're going to minister to people, okay? I'll minister to people. And, and, and if I have to start a prison ministry, then praise God, amen, I'll be there, all right? But we're going to minister to people. Amen, my wife said no. Come on, somebody, amen. We're going to minister to people, okay? I'll go to the prison. And so we're going to have online, listen, we're going to have online, for those who want to worship online, we have outside services at our Costa Mesa campus, and we have indoor services at our Fullerton campus, and we are going to minister to people, preach the gospel, and love on people. Can I get a big amen, okay? So you go at whatever, you go to whatever place you feel comfortable. I, if you want to stay home and watch online, I want to pastor you online. If you want to go to our outside service, we have our Costa Mesa service. If you want to worship indoors, I'm going to be here and the church is going to minister to people. Amen. Give me your hand, honey. Let's pray. Father, we pray right now. And God, I thank you that the church is going to be the church. And, and we rebuke every demonic force, Lord. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle, wrestle against spiritual forces of wickedness, demons, Lord. 
And I'm not calling any person a demon, but the devil is a liar. He will not stop the church. We will preach the gospel. We will minister to the hearts of people. And Jesus is the savior for this nation and for this world. So God, let us stand upon your word and let us be ready for what you have for us. We want to be obedient to you. And we declare revival and healing to come over America and every part of this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. amen. And amen. Amen. Is God good? You may be seated. Thank you, honey, so much. And I'm, I'm going to jump into the word. Keep playing, brother, if you can for me. Can you scoot this over for me? Kind of just more that way. Yeah, let's put it like in that corner over there. I like to walk. Turns out I, I got this Apple Watch. You guys will think this is funny. And uh, I'm starting to watch my calories. Not this week, though. Praise the Lord. But uh, your man's just trying to get back to even from the beginning of the year. You know what I'm saying? It, it turns out that I walk four miles when I preach. At the end of the day, it said that I do four miles when I preach. I'm like, I'm, I'm like four miles? Maybe, no, maybe I should have an extra piece of cake today. Anyway, so, <laughs> but anyway, let's, I want to jump into the word. And when you walked in, I just want to really quick come into our Christmas season. Um, be part of our whole Christmas initiatives. We're, we're going to bless over 500 families this Christmas. And uh, we are going to be the light of the world. Amen. Grab your message outline when you walked in. We're going to take Holy Communion at the end of service. So if you got that communion, you could put it off to the side and we'll park taking that together and giving thanks. But go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to read verses 12 through 8. And I want to talk to you today about finding thanks in our year. And I'm going to pull out these scriptures here, particularly what Paul the Apostle says to the church in Thessalonica. And this is what he says. He says this. He says, now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle, disruptive on Facebook. Just kidding. Warn those. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Tell the person you came with, say, be patient with me. Just say, be patient with me. It says, be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and everyone else. Now, watch this here. The Bible says in verse 16, rejoice when? Rejoice when? Always. It says, pray when? Continually. And give thanks when? In all, what? Circumstances. That means all, okay? It says, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. I want to miss you today a message title that is more of a question. It's a question. And here's what I want you to ponder on this question. Is maybe, maybe 2020 was a blessing in disguise. Okay, I want to talk about that. Maybe, maybe, okay? I'm going to let you decide that at the end of the message. But maybe what it seems unfortunate is not always as unfortunate as we think. Maybe God is doing something bigger than we know. And next year, we're going to sit back and say, oh, Lord, I knew what you were up to. Come on, somebody. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Let's pray one more time as we enter his word. Father, again, we, we humble ourselves. We bow our heads, not in shame, guilt, or condemnation. But we bow our heads in reverence that you are God and we are not. 
we recognize our humanity. We recognize, Father, our sinful nature needs a holy God to move in our lives, Lord, in our nation. And we pray right now that this, this, as we finish this year, that, God, you would move in power. You would move with healing. You would move swiftly, God, to bring about a revival, Lord, unto you. Bless this time that we have together. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says amen and amen. Would you do me a favor? Turn to the person you came with and just tell them this. Say Say this, say, I'm a blessing, but sometimes I'm in disguise. Just say that. Sometimes, <laughs> just say that. Sometimes I'm in disguise. <laughs> okay, come on now. Hey, if some of you are like, that's a word right there. I can go home now. I, it all makes sense. <laughs> come on, all right. Praise God. Sometimes. I want to talk to you today from this thought that maybe not everything that looks unfortunate is as unfortunate as we think. You know, we all know this saying, we like to text it to our friends when maybe certain things take place. You know, we like to communicate it or, or, or tell it to people. But it's this saying that we say, God works in mysterious ways. Anybody ever said that before? God works in mysterious ways. And, and really what that means is it, it comes from a thought that God is going to do things that maybe we don't see how he's going to do it. Like just because God says he's going to provide for us or he's going to be there for us, doesn't mean he's going to do it the way we think he's going to do it. Doesn't mean it's going to happen exactly how we envision it happening. In fact, I would say it very strongly like this, is however you think it's going to happen is probably not the way it's going to happen, okay? God always likes to work outside of our framework because that's the God we serve. He says, you think, you think you're out of options. God says, I got like four or five other options, right? God does this. Why? Because he's God and he's going to move in the way that he sees, he sees fit. In other words, the packaging isn't always how we would package it, but God is going to bring it how he is going to bring it. So when we pray and God doesn't bring the answer like we think he's going to bring the answer, it doesn't mean that there's not an answer. And sometimes what we think may, may not look like a blessing, maybe like 2020, it's a blessing in disguise. Like maybe what, we, what doesn't look like the way we would have done it, it would happen. And I believe this is true for many of us, and, and I just want to bring this thought into focus and kind of catalyst us into the, the context and the, and the heart of this message. But have you ever gone through something in your life that maybe looked bad, but in the end it wasn't as bad as you thought? You know, like, like, let's be honest, let me just have some fun with this, but, but some of you, maybe you were in a relationship and in 2020, uh, maybe you broke up and, and, and you, were, you were sad and, and you started eating ice cream and, and you started, you know, watching Netflix and you watched the whole series and, and, and then you might have gained a few, but, you know, you praise God and, and you were maybe depressed, but then some time passed by and then you saw who they, who they really were and who they hooked up with and you're like, thank God, that looked like a letdown, but it was a blessing and come on, in disguise, right? And you're like, thank God I got away from that, you know? And so, you know, maybe, maybe you know, you, 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 were, you, you lost a job and, and you're like, man, I thought this job was my job for me and it had a great retirement. And maybe this year you're like, this is the one that I thought was going to be where I was going to retire from and where it was going to happen and how it was going to come. And, and you had it all planned out. And, and, but, but maybe by you losing that job, it caused you to start your own business. And, and now instead of having a job, you're giving jobs. Now you did what was really in your heart and now you're actually happy. You're like, man, if that never happened, I never would have started 
started my own business and now I'm able to bless others and that ended up being a, a what? A blessing in disguise, right? Maybe you got in a car, maybe you got a flat tire and you were so mad the devil got my tire. No, it was just you driving crazy, but the devil got my tire, you know? And, and you're like, man, and, and you were sad and you were mad because you were late now to work. But then when you went down the 405 freeway or the five freeway, you recognize that there was a, a multi-car pileup and that could have been you if you never got that flat tire and that flat tire ended up being a, what, a blessing, right, in disguise. Uh, uh, you know, may, maybe, maybe you walked into, into a church and, and you're like, what is this church, you know, and you saw the lights and, and the pastor was wearing skinny jeans and, and, and you were like, you're like, what's happening right here? I've never been to a church like this. And, and then you, but, but something was intriguing you, but, but you came, you got invited. You're like, what, you invite me into, this place looks like a club. And like, well, how do you know what a club looks like? But we're not judging. And you're like, you know, and you're like, I, I don't know about all this, but, but then God ended up touching your life and, and now, now your marriage has changed and your mind has changed and your family's changing and you're healing and now you actually love coming to church and that place ended up being what? A blessing in disguise and it may be a plot twist. Maybe 2020 wasn't the worst year of your life. Maybe 2020 plot twist was the best year of your life because what you thought, listen, you got challenge thrown at you after challenge after challenge. The devil got through this at you and put this at you but guess what? You didn't, you didn't, you didn't let that challenge overcome you. You adapted, you maneuvered, you kept your worship, you kept your mind, you're still married. Even though all this nonsense came at you, you still have overcome. And now you, come on, you are stronger than when you first started January because you made it to the Thanksgiving service, dude. Come on. Just turn to the person you cable and say, you made it. Tell them that, say you made it, for real. Like some of y'all praise God. You're like, I don't know if I'll make it to Thanksgiving. I'm saying, you made it. And that in and of itself is a miracle. What I'm trying to tell you is, is God works in mysterious ways. And, and this is why, listen to me, this is why Paul, the writer, says, give thanks in all circumstances. Because maybe, just maybe, say maybe, God is doing something bigger than what we see. If we've experienced that all in our lives, and maybe you have your own, you know, testimonies of like, man, I thought this was bad, but God ended up doing something good out of all this, you know, maybe 2020 is part of that. Maybe 2020 is a, a form of God doing something. So Paul writes this, watch me now, to the church in Thessalonica, context of the verses we just read. The book of Thessalonians is actually a letter to a body of believers in a city called Thessalonica. It was a very prosperous uh, capital of Macedonia, which would have been in northern Greece. And Paul started this church, you know, it would have been like a very wealthy kind of city and, and very influential. And, and Paul went and started this church in this blessed part of, of, of Macedonia. And he did it in a second missionary trip. And because of him preaching the gospel and giving perspective of heaven, not of earth, they actually ran him out of the city. But those believers were so impacted because it transcended earthly blessing and it transcended into spiritual blessing. Something they could not purchase with money was, was changing their heart internally. Come on, somebody. Okay, let's just call it Orange County. Come on, all right, amen. <laughs> okay, hallelujah, right? And so he, he, he teaches them and then Paul basically starts to tell them and he tells them this, this, this trilogy, these three things. He says, you gotta learn to rejoice always. You gotta 
gotta learn to pray continually. You gotta learn to give thanks in all circumstances. And the whole book of Thessalonians is about the Christian elements of how to live for God and find happiness or joy outside of things. It can be found with God. And what, what Paul was trying to establish, stay with me here, is he was trying to establish is that believers are different than the world. That believers, they don't place their, their joy on what they have, they place their joy on who they have. And he was trying to tell them is that as believers, we are unique in our proclamation and distinct in our demonstration. That we have a depth to us. We're not circumstantial Christians. In other words, we don't serve God only based on our circumstances. And he tells them, we, we serve God, we, we rejoice always, we pray continually, and we give thanks in all circumstances. Now, I'm going to talk more about the third one. Let me break down the first two really quickly. When he said rejoice always, he was talking about joy. Someone say joy. See, joy is different than happiness. Happiness, something has to happen in order for you to be happy. Like a happy meal, get happy, you know. <laughs> Joy is nothing has to happen in order for me to be happy because God is with me. Come on, somebody. And see, joy is different than happy because happy is. Joy doesn't always show up on your face because when you, when you have joy, it's not that you're happy because 2020, I mean, it was a tough year or you're happy because you lost your job. Joy doesn't show up on your face. Joy shows up in your faithfulness. It shows up in your faithfulness because you're like, God, I ain't going to desert you in the tough times because you were with me when it was good, and I know you're with me when it's difficult. You're with me when my kids are getting straight A's or B's or C's, and you're with me when they're getting F's. Come on. You're with me, Lord, when everything might be good and everything is bad. Say amen. This is joy. So he says, rejoice always. Then he says, pray continually. I just want to touch on these briefly, then I'll get into the third one that we're going to spend most of the message here. But he says, pray continually. What does this mean? This doesn't mean that you just walk around and we're going, shabbat, shabbat, shabbat. Hold on. I pray continually. Shabbat, shabbat, shabbat. You know, okay. That's not what it means, okay? Pray continually means that you don't compartmentalize God. It means that you don't, you don't measure your relationship with God based on an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday morning at Freedom House Church. All right, who am I kidding? Hour and 30 minutes at Freedom House Church. Okay. Awesome. Right. Pastor Murray's preaching an hour, two hours. I'm just joking. That's messed up. I know. My wife. But, you know, it means that you say, I'm not going to compartmentalize my life to an hour and 15 minutes. It means I'm going to pray continually. In other words, God, you have access to my life at any moment. You can speak to me, watch this now, because prayer is not only me talking to God, but it's God talking to me. It's saying, God, you can speak to me outside of Sunday morning church. You can speak to me when I'm driving on the freeway. You can speak to me when my coworker gets on my nerves. No, not then, Lord. No, no. You can speak to me at home when I'm, I'm, I'm maybe getting into a disagreement with my spouse. Come on, somebody. You can speak to me when in, in your dating decisions. I got quiet in this Christian church. No, Lord. I love you. you can speak to me when, when I'm about to post on, on Facebook. You can speak to me before I text. Nowadays, not hold your tongue, it's hold your thumbs. 
Lord, hold my thumbs because I'm about to, amen. You know, you can speak, pray continually means God, you can speak to me anytime you want to speak to me. And for some of us, we don't need to hang up the phone because we got a hard head. Come on, some of you, come on somebody, be honest, right? And God, you just need to break through this hard head and talk to my heart and to help me. Some will say pray continually. Then he says this last week, he says, give thanks in all circumstances. And I just want to touch on this real quick. Don't get it twisted. God didn't say give thanks for everything. He said give thanks in everything. Big difference, okay? So you're not, of course you're not going to say, God, thank you for, you know, me losing my job. Thank you for me being broke. Thank you for, you know, my kids. Thank you for this cancer. You know, you're not thanking God for it, but you can't thank God despite of it. God, I still thank you because even though I'm facing this difficult situation, I thank you in it because you're the miracle worker. I thank you in it because you're the great healer. I thank you in it because you, Lord, can talk to my kids like I can never talk to them. You, Lord, can speak to my spouse like I can never speak to them. So we can still be thankful in it. Someone say thankful in it. Now, why can we be thankful in it? Write this down, point number one. Here's why, is we can be thankful in every circumstance because, again, maybe, just maybe, it's a blessing in disguise. Someone say, it's a blessing. Just give it some time. Say, give it some time. Give it some time. Now, you might be here, and what I want to tell you is God is always doing more than what you think. And although there are moments in our lives that we can't praise God for our circumstance, we can praise God because he's with us in our circumstance. You see, sometimes we, we think that God takes us, you know, we know what the Bible says, from glory to glory. And everybody says, from glory to glory. And, and we misinterpret that, that every time God takes us into greater places, it's always from good to good. But the Bible said glory, then there's two. Glory. He didn't say glory, glory. He said glory to Glory. So, meaning there is an in-between the two glories. So, God doesn't always take you from good to gooder. By the way, I'm making sure it says gooder and gooder. Okay? But, but there is moments that God actually will take you through a valley before he takes you to the next hilltop. And I can't lose my relationship with God in that valley. But I say, God, sometimes you take me from difficult to greater things because there's some things you want to do in my life. Now, I know this is true in my life, okay? You can, again, at the end of the service, you can make a decision whether God is worthy of your praise. I know he is, but you got to make that decision for yourself. But I I know that because there was a season in my life, my wife and I, where where, um, our, our story is for the first five years of our marriage, we couldn't have children. We went through all the expensive medical processes and, and in vitro fertilization and, and doctors looking at our, our, her reproductive system, my reproductive, all this. And we tried everything to try to have children. And we, we, to no avail, we couldn't do it. And so we started coming to the, maybe we're not going to have children. Maybe we'll just look into adoption, which is a beautiful thing. And uh, we said, okay, no problem. This is before Freedom House Church ever started. And, and, and uh, we're like, all right, you know. And so then five years goes by and... and Boom, we start having kids. We get healed. God heals us. And, and now I got four little blessings in disguise. <laughs> you know, because you know, sometimes they're blessed. Sometimes I'm like, you're really hiding it real good today, man of God. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, but, but, but you know, it's, it's, hallelujah. But, you know, but now I got four, four little blessings in, in disguise, four little blessings, you know. And, and now I'm like, Lord, I think we pray too hard. So I'm like, no more, Lord. That's, 
That's it. That's it. Like, I was too much fasting on that one. You know, like, I think it was too much, too many prayers. And I was like, stop it, Lord. Anyway, so, so we, we have, you know, four little blessings. But, but here's the point. Is that season that I thought was bad, that season that I thought God maybe, maybe will never be healed, and, and maybe what God ended up showing is, no, no, that season was your testimony. That season was your, was your faith. That season was you saying, God, I know that even in the middle of this difficulty, I'm still going to rejoice always, pray continually, and I'm still going to be thankful in all circumstances because now I got these four blessings and God, I'm overflowing. God healed us, and it's my testimony. And if God healed me, he can heal you. Somebody shout amen. So the point I'm making is maybe, just maybe, God is doing something bigger than what you can see. Say amen. He's doing something bigger than, than you can even distinguish at this moment. And, and, and I, I call it, you know, um, miracle blessings, but there, there's also this, just write this down somewhere on your notes. Write this down, something better blessings. And I really feel i got to say this in 2020. I, I, I got to minister this in especially the year that we have been through. As I, as I was praying, God was bringing me back to this thought here that, that we got to get this in our spirit because if there was ever a year that we could just say, well, I don't know, God, it's gonna be 2020, okay? 2020 is one of those things that we can all look back and say every one of us had one moment where we were frustrated, where we were like, what's going on and what's happening? And, and, and you know what I mean? And all of us, some of you are like, like I don't know what my kids are going to be like next year because you were their teacher. Come on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? And you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, all of us. But we've got to get our, our thinking that, God, I know you're doing something bigger. I know you're up to something better than I could ever have imagined because, God, you are are in control. God, you are the one who leads. You're the one who takes us into places and you're the one who will guide us. Can I get a better amen? amen. So we need to recognize these things in our lives. Now, when I think about difficult moments, I think about a guy named Job in the Bible. Anybody read the book of Job? Some of you are like, no, I don't read that book. No, no, man. I read that, then maybe God will want to do that in my life. You know? <laughs> okay. For those that don't know, the book of Job, J-O-B, um, is not how to get a job. It's, it's a book about a, about a person. And in the book of Job, it's, it's, this, it's this bizarre story in the Bible that, that what ends up taking place, stay with me here, is the Bible records in Job 1 that Satan reports to God. And God tells Satan, he says, where you been? He says, I've been to and fro. You know, he's been just roaming, messing with people. He'd been to my house, your house. You know, you're like, yeah, he needs to stop coming to my house. So, you know, he'd been, he's like, he's like, I've been roaming to and fro. I've been going to, to Fullerton and Anaheim and, and Costa Mesa. You know, hallelujah. And he's like, and then, and, then he, he's, and then he says, he says, but he tells this to God. He says, you know, the only reason people serve you is because you're good to them. So read, read it, Job chapter 1, 2, and 3. You know, he says, the only reason people serve you, God, is because you, you're good to them. You bless them. And then God says, have you considered my servant Job? I want to go on record that if God ever wants to prove to the world someone is faithful, even though they lose everything, may he say, have you considered my servant, Pastor Louis Gutierrez from Fullerton? I'm just joking. Come on, somebody. Amen. I'm just joking. Okay. I'm joking. Amen. Amen. All right. That's a mess up right there. I love Pastor Louis. Amen. Because you know, Anyway, I'm just joking. All right. All right. But the point I'm making is, he says, have you considered my servant Job? 
And God, read it. It's a powerful story. And I'm going to get to the, the, the point of why you and I, again, maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Is God then tells Satan, here's the ground rules. He says, you can, you can, you can lose all his stuff, but you can't kill him. You can get sick even, but you can't kill him. You, you can mess with all of his, his cows and his donkeys. You, you, you know, you can, you can jack, you know, jack his donkeys. You can jack his, his cows and you can, you can take all of his crops. He says, but you can't touch him. And then here is what Job says. Job says this in Job 121, and we all need to get this in our spirit. We all, especially every year like 2020, a year like this year, God is, I feel this in my spirit. God's telling me to preach this and, and declare this to the, to the mature believers, to the believers, come on, the real believers, the believers that, like, I serve God more than my stuff. I serve God more than my circumstance. I serve God more. It's not about how much stuff, it's about how good God is. Is. And here's what Job says in Job 121. He said, naked I came in. I came in in my birthday suit. He says, and naked I shall return to God. He's like, I came with nothing and I may leave with nothing. But this is what he said. I mean, even, you know what I mean? He says, and the, he says, the Lord gave and the Lord can take away. But watch this. But blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. Let me interpret it to you in message translation. It don't matter if I got stuff or I don't have anything. I'm going to praise God no matter what. Even if he takes stuff, I'm going to worship him. Even if I go through 2020, I'm going to worship him. Even if I lose my car, even if I lost a relationship, I am going to worship my God. Blessed be. Anybody still got their praise? You still got your Thanksgiving? Say amen. I love it. And I, you know, the Bible then says that, that God honors because of Job's faith. God, at the end of Job's life, Job 42, 12, he says, and God uh, blessed Job double, okay? Now again, I'm not, don't, don't misinterpret this sermon. What I am saying this is that, that faith honors God and God honors faith. And you're saying, God, I'm gonna be faithful to you no matter what. Someone say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's read Psalms 103 in verse 5. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul. He says, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And I like verse 2. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. You know, the, the psalmist writer here says that we should not forget. Because let's be honest, some of us have very short-term memory when it comes to God's blessing. You know, we forget so quickly how good God's been to us. I think, you know, God is the most undervalued person in all of history. Say amen. Because we tend to think, well, God, yeah, but, but, but this hasn't happened yet. But God's like, do you know how much I've done for you? I mean, I believe that we should get to a place, say, God, if you don't do anything else for the rest of my life, the fact that you saved me, the fact that you died on the cross for my sins, the, fact, the very fact that you gave me life, the fact that, that I have the word of God, the fact that I could just pray to you, the fact that, that God, I know it's not, it, might, it might be broken, but God, that you're with me, I am not going to forget the God that I serve. That even if earth is broken, this is not where I end up. I'm going to end up in heaven. There is a place you prepare for me. There's a place, come on, that I'm going to go. So even if this year is what it is, God, I still know it's with me. 
You ought to give God praise. Like I said, if you got sick this year, give God praise that you recovered. Give God praise that you recovered. If you never got sick this year, praise God you didn't get sick this year. If you got sick and, and, and someone passed away, you can still praise God because they're in heaven. Barring they receive Jesus. So what's the point? We're going to praise God no matter what. Whether I praise God here on earth or you're going to see me cutting rug and dancing in heaven. Either way, devil, you don't win. I'm going to praise God because this is not my final destination. I have an eternity. I have a hope as an anchor to my soul. Someone say amen. They don't, so we don't lose. No matter what. Tell somebody, say, we win. Come on, just say, we win. We win. Romans chapter 1 and verse 21, the Bible says this. Says, this was talking about the, the world that had, had, had de- deconstructed into their own fleshly desires. And he says, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give thanks to him. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Did you, did you catch that, that, that the Paul, who's writing the Romans, he said that because they wouldn't give God thanks, they became confused because they came up with their own story of how they got what they got. The point is, when you lose your gratitude, you get confused about who's the source. And my source is not anything on earth. My source is God is sufficient, is that God is almighty, that God is the one who does it in my life. Can I get a better Amen. Say, say this, say, God is my source. Point number two, write this down. God's provision comes in disguise. Write this down, God's provision. And I think we need to hear this here. Philippians 4, 19, it says, and my God shall supply all your need. Notice it doesn't say all your wants. It says all your needs, okay? You're like, well, I want a PS5. Well, that's great. But he didn't say you need that, okay? okay? He says, God shall supply all your need according to his riches and his glory by Christ Jesus. In other words, God shall provide. Now, when it says God provides, listen to me carefully here, because it didn't say that God would only provide financial needs, although that's one of the areas. When God says he provides for all your needs, I think the most costly ones are the things that money can't buy. God says, I will provide for your relational needs. I will provide for your emotional needs. I will provide for your marital needs. I will provide for your parenting needs. I will provide for your integrity needs. I will provide for your manly needs, your womanly needs. I will provide for your mental sanity needs. I will provide for the deficiencies that nothing on earth can fill. God says, I will fill you with a supernatural peace, a supernatural happiness and joy that can only come from God. God is the great provider. He says, I'll provide for all your needs. So whatever your need is, come to God. And God God provides supernaturally. He provides supernaturally. Things beyond what we can ever imagine. He'll provide for you. You know, I I, I can always, I, I can remember my mom, you know, and, and she'd always say, you know, Dios va proveir. God shall provide. We grew up poor. Like, we grew up very poor. I mean, we couldn't even put two quarters together to go swim at the community pool. Like, we were poor. We'd go to KFC, lick other people's fingers. It was, it was bad. No, I'm joking. That's a joke. My wife hates that joke. She's just disgusting. I know. But it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We were poor. 
I mean, poor, all right? Like, like Nikes. We ain't got no Nikes. It's Nikes. You know what I'm saying? Come on, somebody. Y'all know nothing about XJ29s. You know what I'm saying? Come on, somebody. It's to see, you don't even know. Some of you know. Some of you know. Uh, yeah, pay less. Come on, somebody. So, you know, my, my mom would come through, and, and I remember seeing my mom actually give to other people while we were in need. I'd be like, Mom, what are you doing? We don't got nothing. And she'd be like, Dios va a God shall provide. Don't worry. God's going to provide. And I'm like, man, I don't know about all this. You know, mom was a single mom with five boys. God bless her. She's going to get a special trophy in heaven. You know, dad left mom when, when, when I was young. And so mom had to work two jobs. And, and she was doing everything she could to provide. And, and, but she would always say, we're going to pray. And, and then she, she would give offering. And, and I would, I, as a young boy, I still, I remember getting nervous whenever my mom would do something. Like, man, we're not going to have anything. Mom would just always say, God's going to provide. God's going to provide. God's going to provide. And, and what am I trying to say this Thanksgiving? It, it, whether, whether you're eating prime rib or spam rib. Come on, somebody. I don't know about spam. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Wait, wait, wait. No matter if you're eating turkey or you bought a $5 chicken, you're telling the kids it's turkey. It's okay. Come on. Just, they don't know any different. Just, yeah, it's turkey. Praise God. You know, don't act like a turkey. It's just, like, just buy it. Whatever it is, what I'm trying to tell you is that in this season, we need more men of God, more women of God. We need more people of God that say, hey, listen, my God shall provide all my needs according to his riches and his glory. In, someone just shout, God shall provide. God shall provide. Now, now, now I, 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 I wrote this down, and, and I know it's a little preachy, a little, little Twitter talk, but let me just give it to you, and some of you like this, you'll repost it, just, uh, uh, you know, photo credit. And so, so, so here's it is. Where God guides, he provides. Where God gives vision, he will always bring provision. If God calls you, he will cover you. If you're in God's will, it's always his bill. God's purpose never lacks his provision. When God places a dream in your heart, he also places provision in your path. When you keep honoring God, God will honor you. Why? Because he is your Abba Father, your great provider. Can I get a big amen? Number three. I, yeah, number three, write this down, and I'm done. And I want to do this analogy that I did a while back that I think is pertinent. And as I was praying, I just really felt God say, bring this back. Bring them into perspective. It's almost prophetic when I did this analogy a while back. But God works it all for the good. Someone say, God works it all for good. You know, this, this is probably, like I said, for many of us, I ain't never passed her through a pandemic, civil unrest and riots and election is, I mean, I'm like, well, there's no way. I didn't have that class in cemetery. I mean, seminary. They didn't give me that class. Here's how to pastor in pandemics and, 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 you know, animosity and division. I'm like, yo, what's going on up in here? People of God, everybody just calm down. (laughs) But someone say God works all for good. He works it all for the good, especially yours. I mean, I, you know, this was a year, now I know I'm just talking here, so I'm focused, but this was a year where no matter what decision I made, somebody was going to disagree. And I know many of you felt that way. Like, no matter what, no matter what decision, somebody, I don't agree. It's like, ha, come on, somebody. Praise, praise the Lord, amen. Well, I don't agree, you know, and it's like, so what do I do? I got to say, God, I trust you. You know, God, well, here's what I think. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to go, what, God, what do you think? You know what I'm saying? And I got to believe his word is true. 
I gotta believe his Holy Spirit is doing more than I can see. And, and join, join me in believing his word that God is doing something bigger. He's doing something bigger. He's preparing something better. And that God is still in control no matter what happens. Can I get a good amen? Because Romans 8, 28, you ought to quote this at Thanksgiving. Grab this verse and when everybody gets around the spam or the prime rib or the chicken or whatever, and we know, the Bible says, that in all things, what does God do? God works for the good. Someone say, God's working it for the good. He says he works for the good for those who love him and have been called according to his purposes. So watch this now. If you have your pen underlined, in all things, God works for the good. Notice, all things, God works for the good, okay? It's okay to underline scripture. Just don't cross out scripture. Then you get in trouble. All right, so God works all things. Then go to 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. says, give thanks in all circumstances. So did you see that? He says, God works all things for good. Then he says, give thanks in all circumstances. Let me, just, let me show you something. How can I give thanks in all circumstances? is because God works all things for good. Every circumstance, all things for good. Every circumstance, all things for good. So I can worship God because no matter what the circumstance looks like, I know God's gonna work it for the good. So that means if it ain't good, God ain't done. <laughs> if it ain't good, that means God's not done. So that means I'm not done. And if God's not done, I'm not gonna give up on my God because I know my God is the undefeated one. How many know God was not up for election? How many know God doesn't have COVID? How many know God is not on a ventilator? How many know God is not worried about the US economy? How many know God is not running out of power? How many know God has more angels than anything else? And if God can do it, I'm gonna trust him and I'm gonna worship. Someone say, it's all good. Tell, turn to the person you came with, say, it's all good. And if she's your honey or he's your honey, say, it's all good, baby. Say, it's all good, baby. This is one of the greatest things, men, you can tell your wives right now. Say, honey, it's going to be all good. Oh, thank you. you know, come on, say that. Something you can tell your kids, it's all good. It's going to be all God is going to work this out. And even if it doesn't happen in my lifetime, I believe it will happen in my lifeline for the glory of God. Someone say amen, right? Amen. All right. So good. You see... When we do that, it'll happen. Now, let me do this analogy. I did this a while back, but I felt if there was ever a time for me to bring back an analogy is this year, okay? For those that can't see too much, just look at the, look at the, the, the big screens back there. But, but check this out, check this out, check this out, check this out. Oh, yeah, it's all right. There it is. Boom. Okay, watch this. It's, it's, it's the process of making a cake, and this is how God works. Because a cake has different, you know, ingredients. Some will say ingredients. Now, nobody praises God for each ingredient. Like if I invited you this, this, uh, this Thanksgiving to my house and I said, hey, we're all going to have sticks of butter. You'd be like, ta loco, what's wrong with you? you know I mean? Right? You, don't, you wouldn't praise God for the butter, but it's an ingredient. If I said, hey, for dessert, we're all going to have raw eggs. Would you praise God for the raw egg? No, you'd be like, I have no raw egg. What's wrong with you? But how many know? What is it? It's an ingredient. Then I said, we're going to put some flour in this thing. I said, hey, everybody get spoons. We're going to have flour for dessert. Would you praise God for that? No. You'd be like, Pastor, I don't know what you're talking about, right? But what is it? It's a what? An ingredient. Then I said, what if I said for dessert, we're all just going to have a spoons full of sugar. It makes the medicine go down. The medicine go down, right? <laughs> That's not good, right? You, no, you're not going to have a spoonful of sugar. You'd be like, I mean, I, I like sugar in my stuff, but no, but alone, it wouldn't be 
players, but, but if you mix it together, what is it? It's an ingredient. The point I'm making is each one is a piece. Then when you put all the ingredients in the oven and you let all the ingredients work together, some will say all together for good. You put it in the oven under the fire of 2020. You put it in the oven under the fire and the pressure that you've been through. God says, I can take each ingredient. I could take each pandemic. I could take each disunity. I could take each moment. God says, I can take it all. And then God says, individually, you won't like it. But God says, I can work it all together for good. And then God says, when I bring it out, bing, it's done. Then it's a beautiful pastel. It's a good old tres leches cake. Come on. It's a good old banberry. And God says, now I'm going to work it for good. Now, I don't know when you'll see this, but I do know this, that if you trust God and you don't leave the oven, you don't leave the kitchen, you don't leave serving him, God says, you're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Someone say, I'm in it till the end. Would you stand to your feet? Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you right now. Come on, just, just put your hands out just like this. Thank you, Jesus. Put your hands out like that, just like that. Individually, just, just. Oh, Holy Spirit. We're going to take Holy Communion here in a moment. You're watching online. I want you to grab, you know, a piece of bread or, and just prepare it for if you're joining us from home, some juice. And, and we're going to take Holy Communion in a moment. Before we do, I just want you right now to tell God thank you. In your own words, it might be one of the hardest things you do this year is to give God thanks right now. Just, God, I thank you. Just, just, you, you, this is true worship right here. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. Yeah, yeah, God, I worship you. Even in the midst of all this going on, all the civil unrest and all the people at odds and all this stuff, we thank you, Lord. We thank you because you're going to protect us. We thank you, Lord. Even in the midst of all this disunity, you're going to protect us, Lord. You are good. And you're going to work it for the good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Lord. Father, breathe on us right here, right now. Come on, let God touch your heart right there. Yeah. Come on, trust God with the ingredients. Trust God with the, with the individual things. Mm-hmm. No more overwhelm. Now it's time to overcome. Yeah, yeah. Cast your cares to the Lord, for He cares upon you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like when the disciples were on the boat and the storm came and Jesus was asleep and they were worried and Jesus woke up and He says, Why were you so afraid? Why were you so afraid? You got me in your boat. And I just want to say, well, don't be afraid. You got Jesus in your boat. And if Jesus said, we're going to make it to the other side, we're going to make it to the other side. And there's a prophetic statement even in that. Some of you, this week, I don't want you to worry about the storms. I mean it. Don't worry about the storms going around the world. What I mean, I'm not saying don't pray for them. I'm just telling you, don't worry about it. Don't, don't, don't be overwhelmed. And you need to do what Jesus did. Grab your blanket. Get in your most comfortable pajamas this week. You know the silky ones? Yeah, those ones. Get your pillow. Get your family. Grab your kids. 
and just do what Jesus did, I'm going to sleep real good. I'm going to give God praise, even if there's a storm raging around me. Not because I don't recognize it, but I realize who's with me. I realize who's with me. And I'm going to give him all the worship and all the praise and all the glory. Come on, just sing this real quick, just for 30 seconds. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.